0: In the previous episode, we discussed about the other celestial objects. What's the topic in this episode? I am so curious to know because I love space and topics related to it. This
1: episode is dedicated to the topic of natural satellites and artificial satellites.
0: These are very interesting topics, NSG. I liked them a lot because artificial satellites were made by humans which are used for various purposes. So Dhruv,
1: what are satellites? What are their types? And why are they used?
0: Satellite is an object that orbits the planet. A satellite can be determined as natural or artificial depending on the objects orbiting the planet. A celestial object that revolves around a planet is called the natural satellite of the planet. They are also called the moons of a planet. All planets other than Mercury and Venus in the solar system have moons. A man-made object that is placed in the orbit of a planet to revolve around it is called the artificial satellite. Artificial satellites are used for various purposes such as weather forecasting, collecting information of distant moons and planets, to transfer telephone calls and transfer data all over the world, assist in the navigation of ships and aircrafts, and support military activities.
1: Dhruv, I know that the moon is a natural satellite of the earth, but I've heard something called the phases of the moon. What are
0: the phases of the Moon? NSG, I think you would have observed that the Moon has been changing its shape every day. These are the phases of the Moon. The phase of the Moon changes every day because the sunlight it recedes from the Sun changes as it orbits around the Earth. The phases of the Moon are New Moon, Waxing Crescent, First Quarter, Waxing Gibbous, Full Moon, waning Gibbous, Last quarter and new moon. It's a common misconception that phases are spelled as FACES when they should be spelled as PHASES. Now, your turn to clear my doubt. Please, could you tell me the history of satellites?
1: now i understand the phases of the moon and i just so happen to know the history of satellites in our first episode we were talking about the history of astronomy in general since we ended with the 19th century i will start talking with the 20th century the early 20th century saw a revolution in astronomy the true nature of a nebulae had been the subject of a heated debate since the first spectra from them were obtained in the 19th century. Most astronomers agreed that spiral nebulae were made up of countless stars so small or far away that they blended into a single fuzzy object. The debate was finally settled by the work of Henrietta Leavitt and Edwin Hubble. Leavitt developed a method for measuring the absolute distances of stars, which Hubble then applied to prove that galaxies were millions of light-years from Earth. While Hubble's discoveries expanded estimates of the size of the universe immeasurably, Albert Einstein's theories relatively changed our understanding of its nature. Einstein confronted the major problems in physics head-on, in particular the fact that light always appeared to travel at the same speed, regardless of the motion of its source. Until the mid-20th century, space travel was a dream pursued by a few visionaries and eccentrics. The military rockets of World War II brought it within reach, while the Cold War between the United States and Soviet Union made it a reality. Around the 1920s, American physicist Robert Goddard began to experiment with liquid propellants that had the potential power to reach space. The developments were followed with keen interest by a small German rocket society the VfR whose members included Werner von Braun when the nazis seized power in germany members of the VfR were recruited to work on military programs that culminated into the first ballistic missile the V2 rocket although the V2 had little effect on the course of the war it clearly showed the potential for rockets both as a weapon and as a means of peaceful exploration. After Germany's defeat, the US and the Soviet Union raced to capture as much German rocket technology as they could. Both sides saw rocket-powered ballistic missiles as the ideal method for delivering nuclear weapons. However, rocket scientists such as von Braun, working for the United States, and the Soviet Union's Sergei Korolev were able to divert their respective countries' missile programs towards other ambitious goals, for they were both genuinely motivated by the desire to conquer space. Both countries aimed to launch a satellite in the International Geophysical Year of 1957. Political considerations led the United States to attempt launches with an underpowered naval research rocket rather than von Braun's more powerful military rockets. The Soviets had no problems and stole an early lead successfully launching the first satellite Sputnik 1 on October 4, 1957. On December 6, 1957 US attempts to launch a satellite with a Vanguard rocket which ended in an explosive fireball. Von Braun's military team were then told to prepare for launch and the first US satellite Explorer 1 reached space on January 31st 1958. The Soviets had a flying start in the race to put humans in space, though the United States was not far behind. Much of the challenge lay in how to bring an astronaut or cosmonaut back home and both countries carried out successful and unsuccessful missions with animals to test shielding and re-entry procedures. Again, the Soviets worked under a veil of secrecy, selecting an elite group of potential cosmonauts. The Americans were caught by surprise when Moscow announced Yuri Gagarin, a cosmonaut in the Soviet Union's elite group, was going to be sent to outer space. This was a considerable risk, since Gagarin was still in orbit at the time, and was nearly killed during reentry. A month later, Alan Shepard became the first American in space during a brief suborbital flight, but it was another nine months before John Glenn finally reached orbit. Even before this, President Kennedy had announced the next leg of the race, vowing that America would put a man on the moon by the end of the decade. This new challenge was going to push both sides to the limit. America launched the new two-man Gemini program, which would rehearse many of the techniques needed for a successful lunar mission. The Soviets, meanwhile, suffered a series of setbacks that eventually pushed them out of the race altogether. The Apollo program began disastrously when a fire killed all three crew members of Apollo 1 during launch rehearsals in 1967. After a series of unmanned tests and a mission to Earth's orbit, however, Apollo 8 successfully completed a loop around the moon in December 1968. After two more rehearsal missions, Apollo 11 completed a flawless flight, and the lunar module eagle touched down in the lunar Mare tranquilitatis on July 20th, on the moon before the program ended in 1977. Neil Armstrong became the first man on the moon, stepping down from the Apollo 11. Fun fact. Konstantin Eduardovich Tsiolkovsky is regarded as the founder of modern rocketry, although he never built a rocket himself. He proved the efficiency of liquid rocket fuels and multi-stage rockets, and even worked out the principles of steering a rocket in flight. His work was not recognized until the foundation of the Soviet Union in 1917.
0: Now I understand the history of satellites, NSG. Thank you for explaining this wonderful history. And there we end our fifth episode. Thank you. Enjoy your rest of the day. And please don't forget to follow and share our podcast.